another episode of Here Lies Metal Quick Music Reviews. Too many notes. Quick music reviews. What do we got today? What do we have today? What is this? This can't be. You're the one who introduces this. This part. can't be. We have Isengard. Um <clears throat> How would you say that? Uh, forgive me ahead of time. <clears throat> Isengard Vargevrengorgen I think that was very wrong Okay, let's try it again Slowly Vargev Vargev That'd be a yeah sound Vargev That flows better Bear with me everyone Vargev Vargev Yogen Vargev Yogen Good enough for me. Varvev Yoga, play your play the thing into the microphone. Stand by. I was I was ninety eight percent, more like sixty. I'm not sure if that's Norwegian or Slovenian, but anyway, it means spring equinox, and it is the latest album from Isengard. That is the opposite of winter. Um, and if you're not familiar. Um, Isengard is the solo project of Fenris, who is 50%, debatably, of the band Dark Throne. It's like 99% of the band Dark Throne. I wouldn't say that much. Um, and this is technically the second album. Uh, before this was uh, Hostmerka, released in 95, and before that was Winterskugge, uh, which was considered a, a compilation. Apparently, I didn't know that which was released a bit earlier than that. And this is not a return. Uh, Fenris found these recordings. Um, apparently, while he was bored in quarantine, he unearthed these. Uh, Why can't I do that? Why can't I find something like that? I mean, you'd have to have done something. I'm trying to find stuff. You'd have to have done something worthwhile in the past. I did. To find it. And when we find it, you'll see it. But anyway. Continue. All right. But this was apparently recorded in the era of 89 to 93 quite old um and yeah he found it and decided to release it and fun fact it was mastered by jack control who so, worked on the past three dark zone albums so none well. of this is new this is all stuff from when you know before he was in like you know dark throne or anything no he was in dark oh, throne he was in dark at throne the time this. so uh but this was you know his, his stuff he did on the side so isengard was concurrent with dark throne as well Is all the all the Older Isengard stuff was in, was recorded at the same time as this. It was all concurrent. You know, this is just I think with Isengard, like it was just stuff he recorded randomly, and he would just put it together and release it at times. Was like, this it, stuff never released though, or was it released in another form? It was never released. Never. None of this stuff was ever released. I, it might have been on like a comp, one song might have been on a compilation or something, hmm. but no, not released. So formally. So this is kind of like when the Misfits did that big album when they released all their stuff before, like when they released all their stuff with Bobby Steele when they made that big album, all those songs you never heard. But this is kind of like that. It's his version of that. All right, but fun say. fun note as well. Yeah. Uh, Winterskuga means winter uh, shadow, I think, and Hasmerka meant autumn shade, and so this is or no, seasons. maybe those are mixed. The four seasons. Anyway, we're now on spring equinox. We're out of order. But uh, I think that implies we're getting a fourth album for the summer. Summer. Midsommar. Midsommar. 
You it's just predicted what it's going to be called. How can he call anything else? I would love to. But that's Swedish, though, so he can't really. That's got to be close. He doesn't that's care That's got to be close. I'm sure they celebrate Midsommar Listen, in the when, same rituals. When he goes to Sweden, he brings tear gas with him. <laughs> you Watch the video. You know what I'm talking about, people. Um, so yeah, All right. All right. Let's move on here. Um, so now for a hero's medal, um, we don't score albums in points, as you know. And you've seen this before. Um, because we recommend every album we review, obviously. But however, we will now classify this particular album, um, Ver um, um, and to be classified um, along our uh, axial metal alignment chart, as uh, we will explain, for uh, genre, listenability, production, number of notes, and fun factory. Uh, let's go. So, what do we got going here? Let's let's so. go to the uh, let's go to the record here. Uh, by the way, there's a, there's a, there's there. a, that's a young period photo. He's yes, it's older. not him currently. He's a lot older looking now. So. Yeah. If you go look on the Spotify profile for Isengard, he put a very funny picture of himself up recently of, of current Fenris. Every picture of him. Looking is very mournfully at the camera. <laughs> he's uh, getting old that quickly. He's aging well. Mm. All right. Onto our genre access. Um, I just want to make a note here as well. If you're familiar with the other Isengard releases, they're considered folk metal, Viking metal, um, mixed with a lot of black metal, obviously, and some heavy metal stuff, but mainly folk metal, especially Host Mirka, which I think is the most well known, which is a lot of like yodeling. <laughs> <laughs> and not in a bad like chanting um, you know not in an I'm on, I'm on oh, I like I like it it's good like it's good yeah it's, it's good not I was very surprised when I heard that this I, he was releasing under Isengard again because if you're a real nerd like me you've listened to the uh, commentary you know with Fenris commentary Hostmerka um, where he That's ridiculous he looks back with regrets upon folk metal and says that most of it should be deleted and even several songs on that album should be deleted <laughs> A few he liked, but... <laughs> as large as dad says, delete that. Yes, he agreed that this should be deleted. De and delete he seemed that. to regret any part he may have played in the, you know, emergence of folk metal, which he definitely did play a part in that. They were all into that. Him. Um, so I was pretty surprised. I was like, what? I guess he found some old Isengard stuff he liked that didn't, you know, wasn't as bad as Hasmarka. Not that I thought that was bad. I liked that album, actually. But um, I also read also it was going to be Heavy Metal Doom, which if you're as familiar with Fenris's work as we are over here, um, he's obviously very into heavy metal. The past three Dark Throne albums have been very heavy metal. And he also had some kind of very doomy, he was a, a doomy split released under Fenris Red Planet. Um, and Hearing this now, I'm surprised. This is very Fenris Red Planet. This is Doom. This is proto heavy metal Doom, very much, and probably recorded along with the Fenris Red Planet stuff. But that was only four songs he did on that split. So I'm gonna guess he released it under Isengard just because there were more releases under that name. Like there's nothing really to Fenris Red Planet other than four songs he released once. Fenris is one of those guys that is like. <laughs> I mean, obviously, a lot of guys like him probably like the same kind of music. They're probably influenced, but he's the only one to really practice it. Like the other guys are pretty just more hardcore on their black metal. They don't really deviate from that. Like, but he just was like, "Hey, I like this, you know, cheesy kind of like, you know, sounding." And he'll just make that and completely yeah. deviate from the theme. 
I just want to make that note there because, like, if anyone was, like, really into Isengard and the folk stuff uh-huh. he did, like, this is a, a huge departure from that. But if you were into Fenris Red Planet, this is what it is. This is this is Fenris Red Planet, basically. So, yes, proto-heavy metal doom. Um, on the true scale here, like, it's obviously not true because he's he's dipping into a few different genres. He's going heavy metal. He's going doom. He's got some, like, stoner riffs on here. Uh, he goes into some very basic speed metal as well at times, and he even has a very punky hardcore song, uh, Rock a Million. So he kind of goes in and out. I would say actually even the, the first song, Dragonfly, Proceed Upon the Journey, uh, it kind of starts out with black metal vibe. It, it doesn't stay there very long, and it ends very heavy metal. It's kind of like we're leaving black metal. We're experimenting here. I think these songs are a cross section of like all of his his influences, and he's just showing you all of it. Yes, so it's Everything. like especially like if you're familiar with Dark Zone at that time, early '90s, um, it was very true. It'd be a fucking one on the scale here. True Norwegian true. black metal for sure. True with a V. And this is like the opposite, where he is just like noodling with these, all the, mashing together these various heavy metal styles that he enjoys a lot. He's not innovating on those styles, and he's bringing them down to a very bare basic level. Um, But yeah, he's doing his own thing within a style, which is why he's getting a three on our axis here. He's in the middle. He's doing his own thing within the genres. Um, but yes, uh, his vocal style here, uh, he doesn't do any of the chanting. Are all the vocals his? Yes. So they're very dynamic because like at one point he sounds like the dude from Budgie and another point he'll sound like something else. And then he'll, 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 he gets like whales really well. I, I found a styling kind of like between Uriah Heap and Pentagram. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Uriah Heap. Definitely loves King Diamond as well, but I think yeah. he's not he's not on the level of King Diamond. He sounds more like Uriah Heap. On yeah, the way. yeah, I feel yeah. There's Uriah Heap. There's there's definitely like early Judas Priest in there. Um, it's like King Diamond, early Judas. Uh, well, Merciful Fate, not really King Diamond. Um, like Uriah Heap. It's like there's clearly like all the stuff he loved like that he growing up. Yeah, but yeah. he his. His stoner, his like doom vo- vocal is is very pentagram. It's early doom. It's it's like a second generation doom. Like I feel like he's he's making fun of the pentagram guy. I yeah. don't know if you would even have heard of him though at that point. Uh, yeah, he was in, like yeah, was, early nineties. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. Anyone was that was into okay. pentagram like originally knew about them back then. Okay, all the cool and I'm people. sure Fenris knew. All the cool if, if people. It was, if it was possible to know, <laughs> yes. I'm sure Fenris knew. The, the cool people knew about him back then. Yeah. But yes, so. You know, this is a lot of fun. Like, he's had vocals like this, say, he hasn't sung on Dark Throne since the Underground Resistance, but he had some, like, like shrieking <laughs> on it, that album is, as well. Is that where he needs the tear gas for, the Underground Resistance? Yeah. You need that for Sweden. Yeah, you just ran Sweden. Yeah, okay. When you're traveling into Sweden. All right. Um, and that hardcore vocal, vocal he pulls out on Rock a Million is the first time I'd heard that. It's... <laughs> as well but there's no yodeling there's no viking chants on this album and there's no black metal vocal for sure no so it's not doing that at all but i mean i mean venerous very rarely does a black metal vocal anyway he had done it on on a past isengard though but yeah listening this you can definitely tell why it was never included on any of the other isengard albums because it does not fit like this is very this is very consistent despite us saying he's mixing genres like the album is a consistent feel and it's it's definitely separate and very apart from Hostmerka and Vinterskuga. 
All right. So you said it, it sounds like proto-Doom to you? Yeah, it sounds like the next generation of like bands that came out after Black Sabbath. Like right after Black Sabbath came out by like 71, 72, everyone was doing that sound. You know, like bands like Necromandis or, you know, even like Pentagram or like even like Budgie, bands like that. Like they, everyone like sounded like that all of a sudden. Like everyone sounded like Black Sabbath all of a sudden. And, you know, that's, that's what he kind of sounds. That's what it reminds me of, like that sound. All right listenability this is a very listenable album uh it is approachable it is friendly it's got catchy riffs catchy vocal melodies it is not oppressive in the least it's not frightening and cold it's got these very evocative guitar lines and vocal melodies at points especially on the song a shape in the dark uh another catchy song uh floating with the ancient tide uh, very Uriah Heep vibes for me on that one as well. Yeah, I think a lot of this is just Uriah Heep. He loves Uriah Heep. Yeah. He's very open Yeah, about maybe that. it's not really like the budgie guy. It's just Uriah Heep sound. Like, he, yeah, whenever he talks about uh, his childhood influences, he always goes to receiving a Uriah Heep album from his yeah. uncle. I can't remember the Uriah Heep guy's name, the guy that died. I forget his name. I can't, anyway. I can't remember his name. but. And it even goes into a groovy psychedelic kind of section on Slash at the Sun. Hey man, Let's see we're grooving he likes, here. He likes everything. He likes everything, but it's all very nice. This is like all of the nice things that Fenris likes, because obviously you know he loves black metal and he you know he loves thrash, um, but he's he doesn't have any any like anything that's hard to listen to on this album. This is all like the pleasant influences, the rock and roll, the heavy metal. I think most of his influences are pleasant. Pleasant. Like, is he really into any like like extreme stuff? Really? Like, is he ever? Really oh yeah, he mentions stuff? you know loving Slayer and loving uh, well, obviously nice. Bathory and Venom. Those aren't really extreme. I mean, I mean, like you know, like really just oppressive. That stuff, stuff didn't exist back then. That was the most extreme I guess that existed. So. There, there was no death metal to listen to. Yeah, but he, what, loved, what, he like possessed. Like that's yeah. like it's, uh, how much more extreme does it get? I guess than that? back then. I mean, yes. it was grindcore back then. I guess, but otherwise, yeah. I guess that's really the limit of it. But what about today? I wonder if he likes any like garbage today. Like, no. Just, yeah, he probably is too old for that. Fenris is a master of good taste. Yeah, right. All he right. doesn't like any of this crap today. All right. Moving on to production value, this is the father of Fisher Price production. Yeah, him and like Varg, kind of. Yeah. This was recorded on his infamous setup of Necrohell Studios, which is his living room with a Fisher Price recorder with a four track. Yeah. Uh, he recorded, uh, you know, like uh, Transylvanian Hunger on this. I think he recorded Panzerfaust yeah. on this. He recorded all the other Isengard stuff in that. Faust. That's that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty edgy. Now it's edgy. It wasn't yeah, really back then. then they were um, so he recorded all the previous Isengard on this as well. It's, you know, his his classic antisocial setup, <laughs> doing everything himself, recording everything himself, uh, with only four tracks, being creative. Uh, so we do have to call it a one for Rock Bottom production. Yes. Um, it's pretty scratchy yeah. at parts. I mean, his regular albums aren't much more higher quality. Like, his reg- they're not much higher. You know, when you really think about it. like his his albums that aren't like found material. I mean, which he, I mean, he's got a pretty vast catalog here. There may be like there may be like three at most his other albums, don't you? Think? Oh no, he's he he doesn't like high production yeah. even for you know the most recent Dark Throne releases. Really needs. You know, they 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 have a much they have a pretty full standard production, I would say, but it's the retro kind of feel. It's not. Yeah, it's like three at the most. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, no, 
Um, works so so well. For but him. this is at the bottom of his production yeah, this values. Is like, even for even for him. But like, even whoa. so, even so, um, this album, uh, you can hear things on it. It's not shitty production. No, like it's, it's, it's got like a nice yeah. warm bass sound mm-hmm. on it. Um, the drums are warm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got you know a very this very consistent acidy guitar tone, distorted guitar. Um, a little fuzzy, yeah. And I think this stands in very stark contrast to, uh, say, like uh, Transylvanian Hunger, which he's going for the cold sound. He was obsessed cold. with he was obsessed with a cold sound. So it's very interesting to hear recorded around the same time this very warm these warm songs he was making. It's very nice. Yeah, he's all about the seasons. <laughs> this is the spring equinox. Yeah, he meant that for a reason. So. Yes. All right. Note scale. How many notes were there? Um, not a lot. Not too many notes. Just enough for me. Uh, I would say Fenris is pretty obsessed with fair, simplicity when it comes enough. particularly to riffs. That's why he's good. Everyone take a note. Everyone he likes, to this note. day, he, he likes basic ass riffs. And he does solos. Not like he doesn't do solos. They're not complicated solos. You don't need complicated They're just solos. like some notes, you know. They're not. He's not trying to show off any skill. He's very against. I feel like showing off in any way. Like there'll be some sections that highlight the bass. There'll be some drum fills, and they're all very competent. But they're not trying to like show off, being like I'm very actually good at this instrument. Like I'm sure he's actually very good at drums. And I think I know he likes playing. He he views himself as a bass player as well. He does not view himself as a guitar player. Is, but he it, obviously can play guitar. Does he usually play the guitar? Or does the other guy play the guitar? On Dark Throne. Uh, Ted, Ted. <laughs> plays Ted. the guitar. <laughs> Leave that to uh, Ted. And I, I think Benris has only been playing drums recently. Yeah, he's still with the drums. But he right? used to play uh, bass and Dark Throne as well I, oh. at points. I always thought he was a guitarist. No, he's a bass player. Okay. He's a drummer. Yeah, I know he's a drummer, but I thought he was playing guitar as well. I didn't know he was. He might play some riffs yeah. on the on the albums. Yeah. I don't know. But he's a drummer. Any solo you hear on Dark Throne is coming from Nocturno Colto. Yeah. Um, but yes, we've got some again groovy bass, swingy drummy drumming, not showing off at any point though. No. You know, it sounds a little loose at points. Uh, but he put this to self this in, together himself on a four track, and he clearly does not give a shit if it's not perfect. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be good. It's about being metal, and it's about capturing a feel. Everyone appreciates Fenris. Things that he does. No one hates Fenris. Who can like who can be like this guy sucks? Who has ever said that? Fun scale. Obviously, this fun. Both this away. album is a number one for fun. Um, it has an intro track. Highly approve of this intro track. I don't often like intro tracks, but it's just some noises where he goes. What does he do? Goes, Ooh. <laughs> but first, he goes cults. Yes. Metal. Ooh. Is shout That's out. all you need to know. Is a shout out to Tommy Jewel. Obviously, maybe. I mean he loves his ooze. He's got that everywhere you know, across his whole catalog. Every band he's been in. I mean Tommy Jewel, you don't have a trademark on that. You know, the other people could do it. Well, it's always a so tribute. It's a, utter, it's a guttural sound. But cult make. metal, Tommy G. Warrior. Uh, is all you need to know about this album. That's the perfect intro. Yeah. Um, you can tell he's just again. I. Before I said he's noodling with genres he likes and he's having a great time and you can tell, you know, this whole album is just kind of dripping in personality. You can tell he's having fun. 
uh, he loves what he's doing. He loves this music. He's like doing it's like a tribute album. What about <laughs> that Solar Winds metal. thing? Talk about that Solar Winds thing. What Solar Winds? That Solar thing? Winds song. I don't. What is that? That's weird. <laughs> but it's not. You know, it's, it's kind it's, of a an acoustic little ditty at it's the like end. Psychedelic. It's it's very psychedelic. It's, it's something kind, like Hawkwind would do or it's, something. It's pretty hippie. It's yeah. pretty hippy dippy. Uh, just, look, just looking at the song titles, you know, just give you a give you a um, a really. It's talking about he's talking about the final song, a solar winds yeah, mantra. That there, was, that was just you know, you know, that's that's just a solo song. Very non-standard. Uh, yes, but uh, other songs like "Slash at the Sun" answers the question: Does Fenris get high? The answer is yes. Of course. This is a very this is a very high song. Um, my favorite part on that song I literally laughed out loud is like at the five minute mark after this kind of drawn out psychedelic very I mean tasteful psychedelic it's not like woo out there it's just like some bass stuff uh, but he brings the riff back you know and you know when the riff comes back riff comes back when you make that face and then <laughs> he brings the riff back and Fenris says what you're thinking he goes like ah yes That's what you said. yes and then he screams. And he goes, when they drop that fat riff. And, and, and again, highly, you know, Fenner's funny guy. Highly, high personality marks here, you know. He's you just have guy. to. And if you don't enjoy this, like, I don't know who you are. Like, I don't like you, honestly, if you don't enjoy this. So like, maybe you're really serious and you like, like, really serious like, metal bands. If you can't loosen up enough. Some up people, enough to enjoy this some people can even if you like i like really good music that's technically proficient what like band do you think like today like that someone would like that wouldn't like this like one like someone that would be a fan of what band fill in the blank might not like this what do you think what's the first thing that comes to mind i mean obviously someone who's not into heavy metal but like something that isn't heavy metal i mean or like or into like the really shitty heavy metal like our like metalcore like yeah. Wouldn't like, wouldn't like heavy like really metal, high production metalcore. You'd be like high production this. stuff. Yeah. Um, what about like an extreme metal? Like, what if like who would not like this? You know, like someone into like what band? Maybe somebody into like I don't know. Well, I don't think actually people who like black metal would like this. Like true black, yeah. Like necessarily true, like really hardcore like black metal yes. people. Yeah. Actually, I think when I was looking today at the metal archives. There's like one review on this thing. It's nine percent. From someone who likes somebody original just, Isengard, just get it? Well, they're like, this they isn't folk metal. This isn't, like, you know, this, this is, is totally metal. different. And it's like, yes, like I think you know he would have been more consistent if he released it under the Fenris Red Planet name because this is Fenris Red Planet. This is not Isengard. This is Fenris Red Planet. Mm. Um, so anyone who was like looking for more Isengard is going to be disappointed. Um, but. Yeah, that's that's who's not gonna like it is people I, who are very who are const, who are they constrain things. You I know? think people that comment on our on our podcast probably wouldn't like this. The they probably won't like it. Well, I don't like them. That find everything I write, <laughs> everything I do offensive. Um, but it is also interesting as well because if you like listen to uh, interviews with Venerus about this period when he talks about Dark Throne and he talks about how militant he was about the black metal in Dark Throne and keeping it like just and how he wanted to release just pure black metal like at that time um, but here he is you know he's he's got an outlet for all this other music he likes and this is the outlet that we never got to see <laughs> yeah when you do black metal you're probably not allowed to do this stuff 
if you like deviate from that, they'll probably just yell at you or stab you fifty it's times like or something. There was seen Fenris where he was a pure black metal guy, yeah. and then in his you know in his living room, this is what he did. Just think in Europe, they just take these scenes so much more seriously. Like, I don't like like the death metal people in Florida ever did anything. Like, you know, as, as uptight as you think they might be or crazy as they might be, like I don't think they ever took a scene that seriously. You know. But then again, who knows? What if like one of those guys just went and played something else? You know, like they pretty much stuck to their music. You know. But, anyway, in conclusion, know. I'm very happy Fenris found this. This is a very nice album to listen to in these trying times. Uh, it's very laid back and very pleasant and very fun and very enjoyable. Yeah. And like I said, it's not it's not new, but it's new. It's not new, but it's new. It's not new, it but it's out. new. That's why we're reviewing it. So it's new. We've never heard it before. No one ever, you besides Fenris, has. You might as well record them last month, because you know, <laughs> first time we're hearing. You them. very well could have. We wouldn't have been able. Right, to Right, but I've been lying. Either. I just totally record these right now. <laughs> I don't know. I I believe him. I believe him for the record. Anyway, uh, Isengard, uh, Varyndavn. Yes, that word. You can play it again. Uh, I'm not saying it again. We could just one more. We'll stand by everyone. This is how you say it. That's how you say it. So just like that. I said that that was my voice. Yeah, that's you know, that's what we say. But anyway, you know, Fenris found all stuff. Maybe I, uh, Maladigas, will find stuff that I did in the 1990s. I've been looking, and there's a lot of stuff that you want to see of mine that I did in the 1990s. And when I find it, I will share it with you. No matter what it is, you will see it too. Is that it? That's a threat. That's it. It's not a threat. It's it's, it's for your entertainment. Totally, I totally promise. Uh, yeah. I said my ending. If you have anything else, to that's say. it. No, this is this is a good album, people. So, um, you know, it, it's back to the basics. Um, stop with this complicated stuff. This is real music. Fenris knows where the music is, and it comes out of him, and it's been coming out of him for a long time. So trust him, and you know, go back down to the grassroots sometimes. Okay. And that is all for this review. We will see you next time for the next review. We will keep the reviews coming since there's a lot of music constantly coming. So we'll try to review it. Okay, goodbye.